how very much I've loved you. How very much I've tried my best to give you the good life. Don't you want a world of unconditional love and brotherhood? We have the secrets to self-improvement. You can join us and be special. Join our elite mission to save the world. Since the death of God, there's been a vacancy open. You could fill that void. Here's how. We'll title this tape. Welcome to the Cult of Comics. Now, I feel like we're going to enter another guitar phase, because like the 80s was also a very pop-centric decade. Yes, Then we but... moved into darker guitar stuff, some lighter guitar stuff, and then back to pop. It's the natural order. Yeah. There's a lot of... Um, what's, what's the word for it? Sad rock. Sad acoustic. Saddy daddies. Saddy daddies, yeah. No, existential yeah. crisis. That's that's the one. Well, I feel like it, perhaps people are just now in this phase of feeling that way because now as adults we aren't nearly... We don't have our finger on the pulse of things quite as much, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, we have mm-hmm. to go out there and actually pretty hunt for it instead of it just being so thrown our way that it's it doesn't seem like it's as present but in reality it's just that you have to go hunting for it now you know mm. i feel like tyler just says sentences really long-winded yeah. without really making a point just so he sounds smart that was yeah. a really short sure. sentence you it's just you just feel like every same every time i speak you're just like god he's talking for a long while god, when's it my turn when's it my turn when's it my turn yeah literally he's like okay can i insult him now what can i say i don't know what he just fucking said your Swear. dad hates you that's gonna what have to be enough Welcome back to the Cult of Comics podcast. I'm your host, Tyler. Say hello, boys. Sean. Hello, boys. Sean. Hello, Josh. boys. Sean. Josh. What? Hello. Oh, yeah. She's back. She's back, baby. Three intros. Three hours. Say hello, Josh's wife. She's gone. Bring her back with the egg. No, Welcome to the Cult of Comics podcast. Welcome to the Cult of Comics podcast. Welcome to the Cult of Comics podcast. Apply directly to the head. (laughs) Fuck it, we're doing it live. I'm your host, Tyler. This is the show. Welcome, we talk about comic books, comic book things, and comic book stuff. Welcome to a very light week. If this takes longer than an hour, I'm going to end myself live on air. Here we go. Please. I'm going to make it take longer than an hour. We can go the distance. You won't. And that's the thing that you need to understand is you are like always pressured for time. Josh here is the one who sets off my ADHD more than anybody else. (laughs) It's a game. It's going to... Josh will say, Josh will say, let's stay focused and then just go into the most... I never say that. He's definitely said that before. I never say that. The record will show. I have never said that. I don't know if you... All right, here we go. Anyways, show... Comics. Comic People, person, TV, man, woman. Camera. That's it. Uh, action. Void Rivals 2, KT, Night Terror Superman, Vigil 2 and 3, and World's Finest Batman Superman. Very, very light. Void Rivals 2 by Robert Kirkman and Lorenzo De Felici. Boys. Go. This is an interesting one, I suppose. It's right. It was a lot of exposition with not a lot of exposition, I suppose. Like, here's the whole history of this world, the Sacred Ring, and how these two people came apart and came together and then came apart again and then came back together again. And that's basically really the whole thing. for me. Yeah. They really just gave you an abridged version of a history in, like, seven 
eight pages. Yeah, it's a weird yeah. way to kind of go about this. Like, here are these two worlds floating around a dying sun in an unending war. And then they found out her sun was going to turn into a black hole. And they had to turn their, cannibalize their entire world into two halves of a ring that came together around this black hole. And then there was peace for a thousand years. And then eventually they came, the Sneeches had stars on their bellies and the other ones didn't have stars on their bellies. And they came apart again. And their history was forgotten. Yeah. We just let him go. He, he needs these. He needs to be able to get this all out. That that's it. That's all there is. You gotta touch your head. That's it. That's yeah. the episode. Great yeah. show, boys. Yeah. Take care. Bye. Who who cares? Click. We just look at Lorenzo De Felici's artwork, and everything's okay. I mean, I didn't think it was a bad issue too. Uh. I'm definitely... It also wasn't a good issue, too. <laughs> not, not the best thing I've ever seen read, but it... How can I put this? I feel like... <sighs> For Kirkman, I found this pretty weak. Yeah. Overwritten whilst being underwritten. Mm-hmm. In a weird way, yeah. There are certain elements of this uh, that remind me of... Uh... Well, shit, what was that? What was that? Uh, Felici book that we just read? Chroma. Chroma. That's it. We just read Chroma, and this kind of has a certain feel about it. But instead of yeah, the and one that's city and the outsiders, yeah. But this is even more like you see the people inside the city, and there's more of a conspiracy at the top to keep everybody ignorant of their history. Mm-hmm. But instead of it inside the city versus outside the city it's two cities trying to survive at the same time so like the next level up next iteration yeah um i mean i'm at least happy that they didn't spoilers uh linger on this dead planet for a super long time i feel like that would have been pretty boring especially for an issue two yeah but it definitely really wanted to pick up the pace here uh, quite a bit. Um, do we know what a Skuxoid is, or is that just... Yeah, that is uh, from Transformers. It's, it's a very old Transformers reference. They're just kind of these lizardish pig beasts. That, uh, I don't think you're allowed of... to call them that. Okay, well, they're outside agents that normally are aligned with the Decepticons. They're kind of trash people. They disguise their ships as asteroids like we've seen here. Huh. Yeah, they're scavengers. Is this book just going to be them going across the universe encountering different Transformers characters? I suppose so. I, I, uh, I would hazard a guess that uh, these two nations... What are they? The Alturians and Galvanations or something? There's name. The names appear somewhere. Agorians and Zertonians. Yeah. That they've been at war and expended so many resources and they're trying to survive. They send the spaceship out to get a chunk of asteroid that's full of ice. Come back because they're so low on resources that they haven't been able to explore the uh, their galaxy, universe, whatever. So they are spacefaring uh, but still ignorant of the different 
creatures, species, things in their universe. And so, yeah, it seems like we're going to go kind of like, not a world tour, but like a galaxy tour of all the different creatures you might come across. So they didn't seem familiar with the Transformer. They didn't seem familiar with the Skuxoids. The Skuxoid had to introduce it. I am the Skuxoid. I wonder why humans never get that chance. Hello. Welcome to the ship of a human. Claimed by humans. I claim this. All you need is a flag. Everyone understands a flag planted on something is, you know, it's either plant the flag or lick it. And you don't know where that thing's been. Licking things. See, lick the flag? Own. Not the flag, but like you either put a flag in something or you lick that something to claim it. As oh, to claim it. Yeah. Don't don't make the joke, Tyler. Don't make the joke. Don't make the joke. Okay, fair enough. T- Tyler tried <laughs> licking me in London. Okay. Twice. Did he? Was, Once he, was, he, was he trying to claim me? Probably. Yes. Mostly, I just wanted to see what flavor you were. Curry. I I expected more like Worcestershire. Do you hurt inside, Sean, when he pronounces it like that? Yeah. <laughs> I hurt inside every time I hear an American the accent. Worcestershire. 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 We trampled through Dumble Dumbledore and uh, had some Gloucestershire uh, for dinner. It was wonderful. Yeah. You just call it Worcester sauce? Worcester? Worcester. 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 Like you're Worcester. a wussy. Worcester. 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 What's a wussy? Isn't that, no? Isn't that the like the back end of a car that you can like? Uh, a wussy is what your grandpa thought when he thought you were being weak. Oh, okay. I guess that makes more sense. Yeah. Well, my grandpa did try to fag drag me, so to hmm, fight drag you. Fag drag. So they tie you up on the end of a car, like, and then they just kind of drag you. Jesus along. Christ. Back in my day, we called that a fag rat. <laughs> you never heard of that before? I, I could have guessed what it was from I, context. <laughs> yeah, uh, maybe if you had said context in like 1960s, but like, I feel like that term would just have a different meaning today. Like you try and oh, because I went to a drag show last night. Yeah, no, I meant like a more self-empowered. Like we're taking the term back, sort of thing. Oh, uh, I don't know about that. No, it depends on like what part of the south you're from. Yeah, what part of the south are you hmm. from? Uh, America. Yeah. No. Okay. No. Anyways, this comic. Yeah. Do you think it's Man, weird it's that the Skuxoids wear chastity belts? You know, it kind of makes sense if you look at them. They're saving themselves. Yeah, I mean, they're a hot piece of ass. That's a nice way of putting it. I'm going to be honest with you. I just didn't know what a skuxoid was, so I was just like, uh, okay. All right, well, moving on anyways. You know, didn't even really it's really hard to know what it. things are when you have the power of the internet, the palm of your hands. Yeah, I assumed like, it was I... an original thing. I didn't realize I was going to have to Google every character in this You've got to do your research, yeah. man. You've got to be deep the... in the lore. How m- well, you I are, can... apparently. Yeah, I can guarantee you the guy sounds like this. Ah, I'm a skuxoid. He's got to sound like that. 
I really want you to go into voice acting just so I can hear you voice a skuxoid. Yeah, me too. Very desperately. He also looks like he's kind of made out of rock more than a lizard. Like the scales are more like rocks. And yeah, like it reminds me of the them. thing. Yeah. Pig thing. Man pig thing. Man pig thing. Beware. He's half man, half pig. pig. Half thing. Half thing. Half thing. I'm not going to lie. If this entire series is just going to be deep cuts into the Transformers and G.I. Joe universe, I am not that into it. Yeah, I'm had, already not that into it just from reading this issue. We've had I Autobots. Then we have Skuxoids. He's probably going to sell them to like Decepticons next issue. But where's Unicron? Unicron is just floating in space, waiting, biding his time. Mm. Josh, uh, what was the song that was played during Optimus Prime's death in the original uh, 1980s uh, cartoon Transformers movie? Was it Led mm, Zeppelin's I Am Iron Man? That... <laughs> wow, that hurt. Um, I'm, I don't know about you boys, but I feel like I'm going to be reading issue three and if it's just another deep cut thing, I'm out. I feel like I might just stop reading this and just reread yep. Walking Dead instead. That's fair. An actually good Kirkman book. Yeah. Doesn't he have another book out right now? Firepower is still happening sometimes. Oh, uh, right. Yeah. We're going to talk about that at the end of the episode, or we can talk here firepower is firepower is back this wednesday after being the last issue came out back in october i was just looking when did we decide to have that conversation at the end of the episode where the fuck was i at the end of the episode we're going to talk about what's coming out this week i guess that that makes sense sense. yeah (laughs) he speaks the true true um I don't know, boys. I'm not... I mean, Dave Felici's art is I, enough to make this salvageable, but I don't know yeah. as far as plot. If yeah, this is something I that thought, is making me go, oh my god. I thought issue one was kind of... I wouldn't say tight, but tighter than this. Despite yeah. the despite the very forced Transformer appearance in the middle, I thought it was a fun concept, fun back and forth with them. And then this issue just became so overwritten and underdeveloped. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it really needs to, you know, pick up the pace or figure out what the story is going to be. Other it needs than to hopefully slow not the pace a, down. <laughs> maybe other than being a showcase of like, here's what you are going to see in the Energon universe. What are we? I don't even know. Yeah, this just feels like it just feels like a road trip across the Transformers universe. Yeah. If they bring in Cobra at the end of the next issue. Somehow, like just like pigeonholed, because like sort of like... that's the other part of the shared universe with this. Then I don't, I don't know. I'm going like, back, no. yeah, just watching all of the GI Joe PSAs, the fake PSAs, the dubbed over PSAs. Those ones are good. Those ones are uh, top notch, top quality entertainment. Yeah. Um, um, ratings. Seven and a half. That seems fair. Yeah, it's 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 not bad, it's not but it's just awful, really no. not amazing either. It's not making I'm me go. Give, yeah, 
probably like a 6.75 from me. Okay. I can't really be mad about that. I feel like that's fair. Yeah. All right. Well, this we're starting this off with this the the enthusiasm of a cancer patient. We had getting... some stronger stuff that we could talk about, which we're going to. I know this is a stronger. Is it? Night Terror Superman by Josh Williamson and Tom Riley. Is that really that much stronger? Yes. I have some good stuff to say about it. You do? Yeah. What was your rating for the Transformers book, Tyler? No, I agreed with the Josh's score, like somewhere around like a 7.5. That still seems high to me. Yeah, fair enough. Night Terror Superman, number one, by Josh Williamson and Tom Riley. I already said that. Go. Great. Yes, you did. You're a good host. Good boy. (laughs) Do the bare minimum for us to keep you, Tyler. (laughs) (laughs) I I I I like this one. Like it starts out. Why? I okay. This I think uh, this was. Yeah. It starts out deceptively simple with the art. Um, it reminds me of uh, what's that Tom King book that was digital but it's now being printed love everlasting yeah it reminds me of the love everlasting artwork kind of it starts out very simple kind of uh retro kind of artwork you know he superman falls into his dream he falls into the ocean and uh he's back at the daily planet with like you know jimmy olsen wearing like the green jacket and the orange bow tie and uh the art kind of develops from there as things kind of go uh, off the rails. And I like the way they play with the format where uh, Insomnia shows up ter- as Perry and tears off Perry's face to show himself, to reveal himself. And he punches or pushes Superman out the window and Superman is literally like blasting through the panels of the comic. And it, I think each of those panels is supposed to be one person associated with him uh, having a dream either uh, Metropolis is on fire, bombed, or being attacked by Brainiac. Stuff like that. Yeah, I wonder if we'll see more of that in, um, when we get the action comics Night Terror. Yeah. I mean, I think the, the story, the you know, Joshua Williamson dialogue is somewhat simple. Like, you can't really go too deep when it's a two-issue thing and you've got maybe 40 pages. Uh, but What's the, what's the artist's name? Riley? John? Tom Riley? Tom Riley. Tom Riley. Yeah, I think he does a lot of cool stuff here, especially with the letterers. We show Krypton exploding, and it says boom as it's exploding. Like the whole planet is made up of you know, the text boom. I think that's a great lettering choice. Uh, but then we have the fight with what it was the, uh, the Man of Scream, a weird kind of metallic thing. And uh, at least what I think that Josh Williamson gets right is basically like where does you know maybe uh pessimistically where does superman's story end either in uh what was it like annihilation or solitude like you're gonna age more slowly than everyone else everyone you love is gonna die someday like it's it's very much having like uh existential crisis I mean, I enjoyed the art immensely. I can't deny that. The art I would enough like to... this artist to draw more Superman. 
but not Absolutely. in the main book. Give him a Black mm, Label disagree. series or something. No, I would actually love him in the in the main series. I would be yeah. more than fine with that. I think it's a little gone, too. Like, I think they should have gone like a step for farther, further, uh, with the kind of farther. Retro, yeah, farther with the uh, retro kind of artwork and do that old printing style, like the newspaper printing nice. with the dots. What mm. I'm not sure exactly what that printing style is referred to now. Um, it's like that pasting coloring style where it has those little dots. It, that's that's how they used to do it. Uh, they used to cut out the color and then paste it into the thing so it would print more easily onto the paper. Yeah. I think that would have been a nice touch, at least for like the retro stuff. But I think they're maybe going for a more consistent sort of art. Like I said, it starts out deceptively simple and gets a bit more mm-hmm. complex as it moves along. And at the end somehow supergirl is able to punch her way into superman's dream and punch hard enough break into a dream well remember yeah. superboy prime was able to like punch so hard he broke the universe in infinite crisis right that's a thing so it has been established that super people are strong as fuck <laughs> yeah stronger than dream uh, punch but, dream make way save but uh supergirl is being chased by zombie zombified versions us mummified versions of all of her former selves i suppose and i'm just a sucker for a page that displays like a character's entire wardrobe all the different yeah. outfits that they have worn over their career no i get that i i i feel like the splash pages in this are very very palatable hmm. so Here's the thing. And then I, I like at the end. And I agree. Shush, shush, Let the band talk, Sean. Thank you. Uh, I really enjoyed all of the artistic detail and flavor going into this. I cannot disagree with that. I guess I'm just thinking about the actual plot itself. It just doesn't seem like it was all that necessary, I guess. Or I mean, none of Night Terrors is necessary. But I think this yeah. is the most one of the more competent stories out of all the night terrors that we've read. I haven't probably read all of them, but out of the ones that we have, it seems you know, at least a little bit more than skin deep. Like, really getting to the heart of the matter of Superman and what lies for him towards the end or in the future. Yeah. Didn't really hate the Ro- like, didn't hate the Robin issue, like it's really dealing with both of their traumas. But other it was kind that, of just simple yeah, and yeah. pointless. All of My complaint with every single issue of this event is it just feels pointless. None of the tie-ins feel like, wow, this is an exploration of Superman's greatest fears. Yeah. Or, wow, this is a... Yeah, none of them feel like great explorations. Which, they all just feel like very simple, rushed tie-ins. It seems weird that, you know... Um, it seems weird to not have John at all in this issue agreed yeah maybe he'll show up more in the action comics issue maybe yeah maybe so hear me out here um do you remember during the batman the tom king batman run when he had those uh nightmares nightmares and there was that one with uh, professor pig and uh robin Say what you will about the majority of that run, because the you're probably correct, 
but I feel like those nightmare issues were just it by themselves interesting and an yeah. interesting way of telling that kind of story that was both palatable and kind of like what you had said it, it dug into what the character is about i feel like this has been an opportunity for so many of these creators to do something like that and i feel like your criticism sean in specific is the thing that makes all of this missing is that question of like why are we not doing like a deep dive exploration these all just feel like the safest options for characters nightmares i a hundred percent agree oh bruce is being haunted by the death of his parents yeah you have to go say parents are dead guys the death of everybody in his family but you have to go safe when you've got just two issues to do this but why you don't you don't have time to do it Either go all the way and do like four or five issues, and you can really do something. Two issues I feel like, are difficult. I feel like two issue things have been done well before, though. Yeah, yes, like, I agree. go back I mean, to have, Future State. But, like, the majority of two issue things are not done well. Agreed. It's really hard to do something good with two issues. I would argue that if you are given more constraints for something then you should be taking more risks and mm-hmm. stop playing it so safe because you have less time and energy and space on the page to get that across. You need to start taking those risks more instead of say, like, taking I, the safe route. I am so fucking tired of just Bruce Wayne never getting over the death of his parents. I would have loved for his nightmare to be another Robin dying. Or just I know something else. Pick. Which one? Oh. No, I liked him when he's okay. handled by a competent writer. Um, just like something different. Like, how many times is he going to be haunted by his parents' death? I know that's the motivator, yeah. but move him on. Mm. Every Should have had run... Chip Zdarsky do it. Chip Zdarsky, you know, when it yeah, came t- to... Tom uh... King. Just get yeah. anyone. Bring... Yeah. No, but I agree with you. I feel like when it, it's like there's this uh, this whiteboard sitting in an office somewhere that's like don't make me tap the sign and it's the editor just being like you have to talk about how he's really upset about his dead parents like every fucking yeah. two issues for everything and it's just and like, like okay, the green lantern one know. was just like oh here's all the shit hell's gone through and it's him going like oh haha i don't feel fear it just feels like the most <laughs> it just feels like the safest possible choices for these stories Oh, this character's having a nightmare. Well, it's obviously going to be about this, like yeah. the one thing that so triggered it, this. It's really supposed to be like the deep-seated fears, and it still seems like you're not reaching far enough. Like it's still more like surface level. Like these are your fears that we all know about. Let's just do those. Like on the other hand, it's if like you Batman's wanted to like, do, yeah, I know my parents died. I know that's my fear. Okay, this is boring. Let's move on to the next. Even Batman's bored by this. Yeah, and that's what makes bored it slightly more palatable. Yeah. yeah. But at the end of the day, we're still just reading another fucking story about his parents being dead. Yeah. yeah. Uh, back to Superman. Uh, partway through his confrontation with the man, man of Scream, uh, he mentions a different kind of nightmare scenario that Darkseid put him into. Darkseid's dark or black fields or something. I don't know. Uh, when does they when do they say this? 
Uh, I, I feel like it's against manuscript. Whenever Superman is trying to uh, figure out what the dream actually is. Oh, no, he says this isn't Mongol with his Black Mercy. Mongol, that's it. Yeah, that's from Whatever Happened to the Man of Tomorrow. No, not that. What's the other story yes. by Alan Moore? No, you're correct. It wasn't Whatever Happened to the Man of Tomorrow. It's collected in that collection, but it was a story had a different Mongol. title. Oh, Black uh, the Mercy. Man for the Man Who Had Everything? For the Man Who Had Everything. That was it. By Alan Moore. Yeah. Oh, and it looks kind of like the best stories in comic books ever. This thing and looks like the Starro. Justice, the Justice League animated series did an adaption did of that, yeah. that, and it's one of the few things Alan Moore has let DC put his name on. First appearance of Black Mercy because he liked Annual, it so much. Number eleven in September nineteen eighty five. I've got the trade somewhere on my shelf. The. <sighs> way that this issue ends makes me wonder if there's going to be a Night Terrors Aquaman. Is there? No. But then what the fuck? the actual, like, so far, I mean, that's been, like, the only real development that we've seen out of these comics is, like, yeah. oh, yeah, all the Aqua people are unaffected by this, and they're gonna save the day. Maybe. I Which I'm confused also... by, because I thought that they lost their kid. No... Well, I didn't read the Aquaman book, I don't know, I don't think anyone read it, which is why it got cancelled. No, this is like forever ago. This was like 30 years ago that they lost that Oh, baby. yeah, back in the 90s, but then they had another one in Oh, super easy. Dan Abnett's really? run, or the next one. The baby's the been back for that. a little while. Okay. New baby! Yeah. Did your baby die? Get a new one. One thing I like about this artist is the colouring. Who does the colours in this? It's, again, fantastic art. There's nothing about this. Nathan that, like... Fairburn. But I love the costumes. It's the artwork paired with the colours. The costumes look vivid and classic. Yeah. Like, Aquaman yes. at the end looks great. And Superman's suit all through this looks great. Mm -hmm. It had a great cover. It was a great cover about this. this. Eh, yeah. It was fine. Okay. Sure. I like the cover. It's fine. I think for a tie-in, this does a competent job in an otherwise redundant event. It's not a yeah. massive, like, if there was a Tom King written Night Terrors thing, I'm sure it'd be a phenomenal. Whereas this is kind of the best of a mediocre bunch. I think of the past few weeks, I've said, like, oh, I all of these feel like I could skip issue one and just read issue two and get the whole story. This actually felt, like, at least worth reading. Like, if I had to recommend a Night yeah. Terrors comic, I would recommends. I agree with that. I think this also did a good job, at, like I said with the Shazam issue, I feel like this did a good job at capturing the tone of a dream. Where just, yeah, it's all random. Like, you look at one person, you look at the next person, they're just like changing between panels. Oh, yeah. Like, you where mean, Lois looking, and like, Jimmy... Like, the weird metamorpho thing, and sometimes yeah. Lois is like the, the wedding dress and such. Yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah. think it quite did as good a job at feeling like a dream like the Shazam one did the mm. Shazam one handled it perfectly like them just getting in a limousine taxi that had a, a swimming pool floor it was just so random and so dreamlike yeah. but I think this also did a decent job and I, I find agree. the man of the man of screams to have a cool design mm -hmm. yeah. it reminds me of the Valkyries from the 
2018 God of War game. I don't know if you guys played that. I haven't played it yet, but I've been wanting to. It's, it's very like, good. I've, I've heard incredible things. So, um, I do feel like there are like little small details that give it a little bit more of that dream quality, like Lex walking in and having the longest tie in the world to tie. Still doesn't have or, any hair. Still doesn't have any hair. Uh, the fact that, for some reason, Perry White just progressively gets more and more portly or like rugged for whatever reason um i don't know about you guys but this design of brainiac's ship in the backdrop of this like uh panel of him breaking through the panels which by the way it's... i will never not love art where they are breaking panels or doing something to the yep. panels and yeah. i just love that little detail agreed um yeah the brainiac ship designs remind me of war of the worlds Ooh, yeah, yeah, good call out. Yeah, I thought that was what you were gonna say. No, I was just gonna say that I, if if that was the design that we had for forever, I would not be mad because I just fucking love that design. Well, you can see his main ship hovering above, and that's the classic one. It's yeah. just kind of his little drone ships that have the yeah. um yeah, it's very much War of the World's, the world's design. Yeah, artistically speaking, this makes me wish really really hard that there was more superman stories out there with art like this because it just fits him probably more than any other dc hero out there yeah like i could possibly see a batman story with it but i don't think it would fit as well no if you told me that this man of screams was from death metal i believe i yeah. agree with that it does seem yeah. it's that edgy and hmm. yeah zero depth just a cool design yeah i don't give crap about this guy but yeah yeah okay ratings i think it would be cool if like the embodiment of death like took on a different look for when each character died and okay. this was like superman's grim reaper or the super family's grim reaper I like that idea. That's a really cool idea. Like it, it has a different uh, personification based on who they're visiting. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna write that. Down. Like how you've got like, the uh, black. Like how you've got later. the black flash in Flash. Hmm. All right. Rating time. You mean, isn't that the black racer? Yeah. In some weird convoluted way. Yeah. But like how it's got like the black costume with lightning bolt on it and stuff. Oh, okay, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Okay. Yeah. Um, um, this is hard to rate because I don't think it's amazing, but I think it's the best tie-in yet. Yeah. Uh, I think it's at least an eight. Yeah. For, for this event tie-in, if I'm comparing it to like some other stuff, it might be lower, but I think in this event, I have to kind of put it on the higher end. Okay. I mean, I I enjoyed it more than this issue of Void Rivals. Yeah. I'll probably give it like yeah. an 8 or an 8.25. Uh, 8.25 seems too high. But I'm comparing it to the rest of the event. I'm not kind of comparing it to my normal ratings. Like, for the art alone, I do want to bump it, but I feel like I'm still around like a 7.75 just because it does. it's just not an interesting event to me. Yeah. Yeah, the and whole event is pointless. 
Although I yeah. do like the buddy cop dynamic in the main story now. Depending on how well it executes it in issue two. I mean, if you were to advertise it to me as zombie Sandman hangs out with dead man to solve crime about Nightmare. Yes, I probably would have gone into it with a much more rose-tinted glasses, I suppose. Yeah. Sean, have you read any of the other Night Terrors from this week? Uh, From this week, I don't think so. You didn't read, like, Nightwing or Wonder Woman or anything? I was waiting to hear reviews on them before I read them because I wasn't that familiar with the creative teams. It just seems like all of the, you know, other than this one, which still, you know, not pivotal, somewhat pivotal, uh, everything else is felt not important, not necessary. You know, everyone's like, what the hell is a nightmare stone? Yeah. I'm just waiting for the reveal, like, it's in none of them. It never was. The Nightmare Stone were the friends he made along the way. I swear to God. It's been inside of Dr. Destiny's mind the whole time. (laughs) And now he's dead and you can't get it. La la la. la, la. la. (laughs) You will never get. (laughs) Yeah. Something like that. Oh no, the Nightmare Stone was cast into multiple pieces and now you have to get them all and piece them back together. Oh no. Stay tuned for the next event. Night Death Terrors. Night Terrorers. Yes. Terror. Night Terriers. I swear to God. Next. Vigil 2 and 3 uh, two and by three. Ram V and Lalit Kumar Sharma. Let's start off with issue 2. Oh, it's a very good place to start. Yes. Um, I think this was an improvement over issue one. Mm-hmm. It gave me a character and gave me backstory and something I could get invested in on an emotional level. Yeah, he is which a, I, he's on a righteous quest for right yes. the wrongs. Uh, but yeah, we really are jumping into the story rather than being like, here's the team, the crack team that was put together to do the things that nobody else could do. Team of Commandos, you know. Yes, you get it. Yes. Um, yeah, I thought this issue was fantastic. They have to go and rescue a, um, or he goes to rescue. I can't remember exactly what happens. It's been like a month and a half since I read it. Josh, take it away. Yeah. So the director or uh, leader of the group, Sarkan, Sarkan. Uh, leads them to different locations to do a mission. And he's not very forthcoming on how he has this information or why he knows these things. Uh, but he leads them to a abandoned uh, radar weather station place uh, to see what's going on there. It had been a weather station, a camp, and due to all sorts of geological phenomena, was abandoned. Uh, the neighbors around them were abandoned. You know, they got weird earthquakes or storms and stuff like that. And so Arclight is sent down to the bottom and discovers, you know, he's, he can sense electricity, I suppose, and finds that the lab is still active. It still has power. And he takes all of the power. He absorbs all the electricity out of the place. And unfortunately, at lets loose the 
creature or thing that has been, you know, housed there. And uh, the leader of the group reveals that this was some Stranger Things level facility to research children. That there, and it seems to be kind of a running theme over issue two and issue three that making people susceptible to suggestion or uh, what is the word um, taking advantage of their psychic abilities has certain effects so they were trying to affect children to affect the weather and so the creature that was released was this kid that is hooked up to all sorts of devices he literally has almost a TV strapped onto his head, a boombox sort of TV thing. Uh, later speaker. on, speaker, yeah. Uh, later on, we see that what he's wearing is not a shirt, but a gown, and we can see him from behind. And he has all sorts of wires just plugged into his back. Like this kid was just hooked up, experimented on, tortured, and he is able to control the. He is also able to control the electricity in the ions. The ions in the atmosphere. Uh, and so Arclight, who is just filled with anger and vengeance over what's happened, trying to right wrongs, uh, much like Batman, instead of putting this kid down, uh, empathizes with him and makes his way within like the power sphere that this kid has and is able to say, hey, I can help you, I can help you redirect this sort of stuff, you know. You can do better than this. And he take you know, kid basically shuts off his powers and they escape. Yeah, and him rescuing the child kind of mirrors him failing to save his family in the flashback at the beginning. Yeah, mm-hmm. this and... uh, Genos Corporation of some sort that is known for experimenting it's like a chemical company of some sort that has all sorts of disasters I don't think it's just one I don't know if all those newspaper copies um is it just me or does this kind of feel like it doesn't necessarily feel like a DC comic no yeah um, it feels fairly separate for right now, yeah. I mean, we do see uh, LexCorp referenced in just about every issue. Yeah. Uh, that's that's the only real kind of tenuous connection. Uh, they are really creating their own world here. Uh, not that they really have spent much time in India or the, uh, Asia. India, subcom- subcontinent, Asia. Like, they're going around... And going into neighboring countries as well, but DC hasn't really spent a lot of time there, so they can mm-hmm. be in their own sort of world. Yeah. Whereas the other two of these We Are Legends books are much more connected to the DC universe. Like yeah. um, Spirit World has Cassandra Kane and Constantine, mm-hmm. and City Boy has had Dark Side, Nightwing, Intergang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, so far, other than LexCorp and whatnot, has been somewhat separate. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I think issue two is a big improvement over issue one. Yeah, we, they really get the ball rolling. Yeah. I Okay, so hear me out. I, I feel like this type of story should feel to me like if they were going to... It almost feels like they wanted to create a story that could have been uh, done by Bruce Tim for a Justice League episode or something, but they just didn't have the necessarily right artist, yeah. if that makes sense. Um, I think it feels more like, I don't know, either Umbrella Academy or maybe something from the Hellboy universe where you've just got this team with a leader that's not quite forthcoming with information and keeps people in the dark. You've got an outside observer that has come in to assess the team in a sort of way. And mm -hmm. so far is welcome, but there's a certain, uh, not quite a game of cat and mouse, uh, but they are looking to exploit each other, which we see in the next issue more. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that outside observer coming in to kind of see things reminds me a bit of, I can't think of the agent's name in the Hellboy movie that comes in to kind of be a handler for Hellboy. The one that we're experiencing, for, like in the first movie. Yeah, I can't remember his name at all. Yeah, it's I mean, it's always like I've seen the movie. Yeah, it's always kind of like a self, not a self insert, but like an insert for the reader to be the person kind of on the outside, assessing what do you think of this team as all of this is going on around. Yeah. Um, I feel like it just seems not necessarily as tight I guess as it should be but I do agree that this is an improvement over the first one yeah um also I kind of feel like Arclight's costume is it's kick-ass mixed with onomatopoeia oh okay. yeah I was thinking of the uh the Batman Beyond that deals with sound what's that guy well that's another thing that I was gonna say is it feels like this could be in like the Batman Beyond universe almost and yeah it's very, i guess that's a little bit of tech heavy yeah and that's not necessarily an issue for me i, I actually think that they should have leaned into that more um mm -hmm. especially if this is going to be in a dc universe continuity but i don't know i'm, it I'm feels okay like... with stuff feeling separate i don't need everything to feel connected so hear me out what i mean is like i don't need dark side to show up at the end on a cell phone and say get him you know, like, I don't need that. But I am saying that there are certain elements that make up uh, the way a universe feels, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, in a Marvel book, if I'm reading something that's taking place in New York, they're going to have certain pieces about it that is going to remind you that it is in the Marvel universe without it being, like, a nudge-nudge reminder. Like, Runaways. For a lot of the Runaways series, it didn't necessarily feel like it was in, or right away at least, uh, in the Marvel Universe until they really like brought in Spider-Man to go talk to the kids. Or Wolverine showed up and was like, what are you kids doing? But, but at the still... same time, this is set in India and that area of Asia. 
most like, of it. We yeah. get some shots of other powered individuals, a guy that's a sniper where his eye plugs into the sniper and he's called like yeah. the wall or something. I feel like instead of hitting the wall, the ball hits you with a bullet. I feel like country won't have posters of Superman up on streets and Or maybe a stylized but that might be a little patronizing. Yeah. I don't or know. maybe it's by design. Maybe we're going to see it come in by the end of the arc. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is this just a five issue, six issue thing? I think it's six issues, but I'm not 100% sure on that. Like, it, I, I'm sure they're all like five or six issues with like an option to turn into an ongoing if things go really well. Yeah. But yeah. I guess my biggest thing is that it just it feels like uh, a Mark Miller book to me right now. Maybe, yeah. They are a lot of his stuff is kind of like teens, and you're just kind of thrown into the middle of it. Yeah, I mean, do you disagree or? Uh, I I can see why you would think that. Fair enough, Sean. Yeah, I don't necessarily agree, but I also don't disagree. Okay. Um, I think it's an interesting story. I think that it's got me more intrigued by this than the first issue. I yeah. think it should have... Yeah. Um, I'll save this thought for issue three. Yeah. Um, at the end of the issue, uh, we find out that... Uh, I should really look up the guy's name. Dr. Sarkran or something like that is uh, able to kind of dream walk, I suppose. He teleports himself to uh, a land called Atnian. Uh, with all sorts of creatures, and uh, they kind of look like it, it's like a Salvador Dali sort of nightmare scape, I suppose, dreamscape. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he references references this guy, uh, Hep. Uh, he's referenced um, in issue two different people trying to control the weather, Imhotep that controlled sandstorms, uh, anger. Some other things. Uh, I'm not sure if Hep is supposed to be Inhotep or somebody else, but it seems like the Doctor and this Hep guy are two people at about the same level that are able to do the same sort of thing. And Hep seems to have his own sort of team. I think we see shots of him walking in the LexCorp with a sort of crow or eagle cane. I think that's what it was. You remember mm-hmm. that? Yeah. Uh, But it seems like he was stuck in this dream realm, uh, as we'll see in issue three, and he seems to have gotten out. Is that what you guys uh, are kind of getting from that? It kind of seems like it. I I think. Yeah, I'm not too sure on that. Uh, do you want to rate issue two before we go on to issue three? Or do you want to rate sure. them together? Issue two, I'd give like an 8.5, maybe an 8.75. I think this I did a great job at getting me invested in um, Arclight. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I would be up around like an 8.25. Maybe an 8.5. Uh, it's definitely well written. I mean, it is Ram V. Uh, the artwork 
more reminds me of like maybe Jay Lee at his best. Like his people don't look like dolls, but the same like way that he draws heads. I can kind of see that. Yeah. But I think Jay Lee's much more I don't know the word. Loose. Yeah. Stylized. Stylized. Yeah. Yeah, yeah this is much more closely to I don't know what to call it. Standard it's like, sort of art. Yeah, it's a bit like Jay Lee mixed with Jim Lee. Mm-hmm. Okay. With um, a bit of I Brian Hicks sprinkled like in. An, uh, mm, I could see that. I feel like this is closer to an 8 for me. <clears throat> I still don't necessarily feel like I'm getting a... Yeah, I don't know if I'm just kind of giving it such a high rating because I think it was drastically better than the first issue that might have kind of swayed my thinking. What was that period in uh, DC Comics when they tried to introduce their own version of the Hulk called, like, Damage and... The New Age of DC Heroes. Damage. This kind of feels like that right now. You know what I mean? Like, it just feels like... This feels even more pointless than that. Hmm. At least with that, there were some fun ideas coming out of it, and most of the books were decent. I think I can describe this now that I've had some time to think on it. In the Jeff Johns Aquaman run, we were introduced to a series of characters that were very different, I think, from what we were accustomed to seeing, but at the same time, it still felt like those were characters in the DC universe. This does not necessarily have that touch to it, and I guess that's the thing that's kind of drawing me out of it and making me feel like this is more of a independent, like, boom, IDW image book, whatever it is. Yeah. And that's yeah. why I say Mark Miller, you know? Because yeah. it feels like... Or or Warren Ellis, you know? It, that I said an issue one, I felt like oh, Warren Ellis. Oh, right. Yeah, you did, yeah. Yeah. Uh, was that another art comparison that we uh, did for? Uh... Well, he said. Um, I Brian said Hitch flavored in. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I Jason said Howard during the another, first. Yeah, Jason Howard's artwork from like Trees with Warren Ellis kind of reminds me of this too. Yeah, I said yeah. in the first issue, this seems like something I would have been really excited for in two thousand three when I was reading The Authority and Wildstorm. You were yeah. reading The Authority I, and Wildstorm. Hypoth- when you were no. Five. I think it was hypothetically. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was Mark Wade or somebody who said that they were really tired of seeing superhero stories where it's this militarized, like commando squad type of thing done all the time, especially because like the ultimates. Yeah. Like the ultimates universe of the Avengers where they're all like wearing black, like body armor and Kevlar and stuff. And it's just like, yeah, it's kind of cool. Yeah, and it's just like, yeah, I get I get why you Wait, did that, but it just doesn't feel like a superhero comic book when you... I think the, the problem is that when you have that kind of militarized whatever, they don't quite have a home life or personal life, which is like the other half of the story. You've cut off like mm-hmm. half of the equation right there. Absolutely. That's a really good point. I feel like it's taking out... Like, giving a character a traumatic backstory can work, obviously, but it definitely feels like you are missing a bit of the flavor a bit of the uh 
the secret sauce to making superhero comics like what they are because yes you can add any of those to any type of story and then have it be interesting but you have to have the flair and then pair it with something that makes you feel like hope or something like there's just got to be a little bit of extra oomph i think that's why they always lean towards traditional wrestling attire and such because it's got that flair for the dramatic it's Mm -hmm. got that joie de vivre i guess you know yeah uh so this is five or maybe six issues somebody one of these kids is just trying to get through um and it seems like each issue is going to be focused on one number so for the first well after the first issue the second issue we focus on arc light the leader of the group third issue we focus a bit more on uh, saha the guy that can change his face he's got the uh whatever ligament thing that he can change and morph into different people mm-hmm. uh i assume in issue four and five we'll focus on uh this operative technician and uh the other sort of assassin lady what's her name edge maybe edge blade something saw her name um issue three i felt was a big step down from issue two yes mm-hmm. i found the stuff with is it suma there's saya saya sorry yeah i found his stuff cool but then the other plot just kind of felt shoehorned in there to have oh some action sorry i this. thought you meant the uh lady no, Dodge um, was the assassin. Saya is the shapeshifter guy. Well, that's Saha. There's Saya and there's Saha. That seems confusing having two such similar names. Yeah. No, he says Saya at the beginning. Sorry. Then, uh. Hold on. Uh. Yeah. No, but Saya the, is the, the lady one wearing the mask. Sa- yeah. yeah, Saya is the guy wearing the mask. Naya Saha is the lady that has been tasked with assessing the team. So, yeah. mm. so those Saha. names are way too similar. Yeah. Um, I found his stuff really cool and interesting the way he was looking into her background and like looking into her background by pretending to be her and like visiting her friends and family. Being almost and... a better version of her. Yeah. I yeah, like I like... I loved all of that stuff and like the way you saw like the different scenes like showing the time to show them throughout the day. Yeah, but doing it very efficiently. Like, you didn't spend yeah. too many pages on it, but going from thing to thing. Um it it's been too long since I've read issue one. Um I think the the thing that scans people's face doesn't also allow him to take some of the memories or something so that he can better play the person. Maybe. Maybe, I don't remember. He's just good enough at telling people what they need to hear to get past, like, oh, hi, Mom, I'm home. Like, acting like... Oh, hi, Mark. Yeah. Um, I think another problem is that we're introduced to... kind of introduced to Mr. Lightless, or mentioned Mr. Lightless in the first issue. And he's only been kind of mentioned in issue two and issue three to the point that I've kind of forgotten what his role is. Like, he's kind of a silent benefactor almost yeah um 
maybe this book reads better in trade. Maybe. But yeah, I've forgotten every single character introduced in issue one. Yep. And that's the other issue we have here is how captivating are these characters really if you can't be bothered to remember their names, much well, of their backstory. I like Arclight. Yeah, I, I issue two convinced me on Arclight. Issue three convinced me on Saya. But having to take an issue for each character kind of it's taking too long. Like we've gotten kind of an inkling on Castle's deal, the the man in the chair that's also on the mission with him in issue three. Like I don't know if he really needs to be explored that much. He's kind of like a child prodigy or something. Something. Maybe they won't explore explore him much. And maybe next issue is Dodge, and then uh, Doctor Sankari. Yeah. I. This book is really going to suffer for being six issues. Yes. Because the first issue was such a waste just kind of setting up the concept of the team. We didn't really meet any of the actual team members. Yeah. And like, I this feel like... Single... Okay, Go ahead. It is six issues. Yeah, I think this is going to be an L. It's... it's... It's got it ebbs and flows a bit too much. I suppose. Yeah. It just seems like a weird creative choice to take the time to focus on each individual character for each individual issue now because Yeah, I think it's it's spending too much time trying to focus on the team members and the people behind the team. Yeah. Yeah. It should have chosen one to focus on. Uh this kind yeah. of I don't know. Tyler, maybe you feel this way too. Uh, I've said this on a couple other comics. This kind of has more of a anim- anime manga feel, where a little bit. it's very episodic. Like we spend the first few episodes kind of doing singular missions before we really figure out what the overarching plot is going to be. Like, all of them have a similar theme to them, where it's something about psychic abilities and superhuman metas or something like yeah. different. Um, MK Ultra like experiments. So there's more and I get that. Theories. Yeah, no, and I, I actually agree. I think that that's kind of the the vibe I'm getting from this as well. It just seems like it it, sh- it would have been wiser to say, okay, I have six issues. I'm going to prioritize telling a story about this team on an adventure and giving us little snippets of them and their backstory yeah. without us just having it hand-fisted and just shoved in our face. Because by yeah, the because... time we finished meeting the roster, we're going to have two issues left. Yeah, exactly. Maybe Ram V is just kind of swinging big and hoping that he convinces us to like each Well, he's just signed a two-year exclusive DC deal, so maybe... Maybe he gets to keep doing that. He's swinging big, hoping that you are invested enough to keep reading it after the first arc. Yeah, and I oh, don't the way, think I am. No, not really. I'm not. Uh, you were making the jokes about how I'm going to start crying because of him being off of the Venom book, but uh, I think you're forgetting uh, what the trend is right now, which is uh, creators, are, primarily writers, are stepping down from books, and all of a sudden Philip Kennedy Johnson fills the slot. So if that's the trend that keeps going on, I'm not worried about it, baby. They've already got a different writer. 
assigned to it. What do they have? We'll talk about it later when we get to next week's books. Okay, cool. Uh, is you seem way too excited. Uh, I'm just, I'm just in a chipper mood, I suppose. Zeb Wells. Who could it be? I swear to God, if it is, I'm gonna fucking with art by JRJR. Oh no! <laughs> All right, rating Johnny on, Cage uh, is back, three. and he's doing Spider-Man, whatever. I would, but this time read. he's high. <laughs> I I would read the shit out of that. Are you kidding me? Spider-Man on high. Spider-Man. I would buy five copies of every issue he puts out. Spider cocaine. Spider coke. Anyways. <clears throat> uh, so, uh... Did we say anything about issue three other than it being more about Saya? Well, we said it's a step down. Yeah. We we talked about it It focuses on Saya, who's on his own mission away from the team. Well, the team is doing the mission blah, blah, blah. for PsyOps. Not PsyOps, but like they reference you, the Japanese unit 741 and after World War II, they were scattered to the wind. Some of them went to Cambodia and made this, you know, sleep deprivation causes, you know, whatever psychic stuff. And they took a monk and he created this wonderland and he has to stay awake. He's hundred, he's a hundred years old. And blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And oh no, there's these, uh, uh, what what was that? Junkyard Joe. There's a bunch of Junkyard Joes here. Right? There so is a bunk of Joe. Yeah. That's it's exactly just, right. It's just a bunch of villagers in cosplay. Just a bunch of villagers in cosplay is Junkyard Joe. Yeah. Yeah, this crazy. whole part of the plot was just a bit of a mess for me. It's not even mid. It's just kind of like... Okay, yeah, so. it's like, oh my god, they're so formidable. No, wait, they're not even soldiers. They're just cosplayers, yeah. and we don't have to kill them, and now we move on to the next scene. It really did to me remember, just feel like they were like, oh, we need some action in this. Something. It just I was reading this and I'm just like, all right, what's the next page? Okay, I would have I just, I yet? would have loved the whole issue just being Sire, just going about someone else's day. Yeah. That would have been That would have been so much fun. Yes. Maybe that doesn't make for a whole comic. I mean, they did it in so few pages, but effectively. If they did that at the end, I think that that would have been the smart choice. I feel like if you give us... Issue one, then go to Arc Light, then go into the plot, finish up the plot, maybe have another character introduction, and then Saya tops it all off with uh, like, okay, they've been, ooh, been secret and spy, and they're like, oh, well, no, we can trust them. Playing Go is going well. Cool. That would have been a good ending. This issue is like a 7.5, maybe a 7.25. It's somewhere around there. I agree. I'm gonna yeah. lean towards seven point two five personally. I feel like, I feel like, yeah, I feel like we're gonna to get to the end of a series and just be like, why? Yeah. So that was the thing. I'm already there. The only reason I'm reading this is because of Ram V, honestly. And even then, I'm just like, wow, I'm just baffled because this does not seem like his typical work. Maybe it's because he signed that deal and he was just like, all right, I just gotta get this done. Mm. Who knows? But. uh... I don't think we should rate two and three collectively. Yeah, that's fine. You guys. We can rate the series together later on. But yeah. Yeah, cool. That sounds good to me. Okay. Uh, what's next? Final thing on the list is World's Finest Batman Superman 17 by Mark Wade and Dan Mora. Um, how can I put this? So, the, I think the biggest thing that we try to do on this show is try to convince josh 
that you can have a good comic that is just an enjoyable read that is kind of campy almost superhero fun mm-hmm. without needing to have it's almost like a palate cleanser that's what i would say you know like when you have all of the other books that are out there you can always lean towards this book as the thing that is going to be a nice little positive experience no matter what it is like there isn't a point in this where you can where you're going god i just want this to be over with mm. that being said i will say that i think i am ready for this series to start doing a bit more risk and mm. i think that that's what i would say about that because i feel like that first arc with the the demon neza was a really cool creative choice that actually does affect the DC universe in some small ways, some big ways, but I feel like the entire point of this is to delve into a nostalgia kind of base, I I suppose. I don't know. What do you think, Sean? Yeah, it's definitely nostalgia-based, and it's just trying to tell, like, a fun adventures with their friendship. Yeah, it's not trying to. Yeah, it's not trying to redefine anything or. No, no, no. Tell these groundbreaking stories. It, Mark Wade was like, "I want these heroes to be happy for a change, and I want to have fun with them having fun." Mm-hmm. Okay. And there's some deep parts to it, like uh, the second arc when Boy Thunder was there, and they were kind of dealing with him and his rage and his anger. Like there were some deep moments. It's not all fun and games. But overall, this is a little less story-based and just a bit more... It's just a fun, action-y book. I will say that it's been really, really, really pleasant having these little... Like, that first arc had uh, the Doom Patrol in it. Um, This has... Metamorpho. uh, Metamorpho, but it also has Shazam, the Metal Men. The ma- they they're not really a focus in this. No, they're not. But we also have their. I what's his name? I love how Dan Mora draws Green Arrow. Oh, it's fantastic! The way he draws Ollie's beard. Yeah. Like I want him on a Green Arrow book now. I would definitely support this. Um, I yeah. This issue. Okay. So the whole arc has been about someone setting up billionaires for murder, or oh. no, someone's been murdering billionaires. Bruce Wayne gets set up for their murder, and something is hunting the Justice League, or not just League, but every hero, <laughs> and it's a new version of Amazo. Something Very is cheesy. killing the Justice League. It's New Mazo. Yeah, New Mazo is the name. Ooh. No. Yeah. And this issue kind of. They use. Is it. Dr. T.O. Morrow they use? Or is it someone else? Tyler? Who's the. What was the question? Who's the doctor that says there's nothing now or in the future that can save you? Wasn't that Dr. Morrow? Yeah, Morrow. Tom Morrow? Yeah. Um, Tom yeah. Morrow. The smartest Tom man Morrow. in the world, and they ask him. Um, like what? Can, how can we stop it? And he's like, "Oh, there's nothing in the present or in the future that will ever be able to stop New Mezo." What about the past? And yeah, 
it makes Batman think back and he uses the original Amazo because that can kind of replicate the powers that Numezo's making and they kind of just get stuck in a stalemate until they both burn out. Mm-hmm. It's fun. But it's comic book it weirdness. It's Silver Agey batshit insanity. Mm. But it's just so much let's, fun. Let's talk about the real reason why we have been very excited about this series is because of some of the little little tidbits that Mark Waite has been doing specifically tied to Kingdom Comes. Yeah, well, this issue ends with a tease. Well, we know... Yes, 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 yes. yes. The second arc, the end of the second arc, established that Boy Thunder was going to grow into Magog from Kingdom Come. Mm Mm-hmm. And then at the end of this issue, we get a little two-panel page where it's like, next up, we have the untold origin of the Superman-Batman team, which is going to be a flashback story where they first kind of team up. And then it's like, dot, 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 and the return of Boy Thunder. And And then we have art of old man Superman. You interrupted me. Batman. Because I'm I'm excited, I'm sorry. Yeah, we get um, Kingdom Come Superman and Batman teased on the last page. Like big helmet, like neck brace, Batman with like a like a bunch of wrinkles and sexy daddy Bat- Superman with his gray little hair and she's just looking at me. She's just like I'm disappointed. In I just love this page anymore. because you've got like the untold origin and you got the art of them really young in their first costumes, and then you've got the old men heroes in their later costumes. And I just love the contrast. Absolutely, I'm, I... I'm excited for this book. I love it so much. I am really curious if they are going to have uh, Batman have his purple gloves. Um, you can't. See, I don't. It looks blue in the picture. You yeah. can only kind of see like that part of his arm. Yeah. There's only one time I think that I've ever seen it been referenced, and that was in the Greg Capullo Scott Snyder yeah. run, and that was so much fun disappoint oh well um the secret origin of the world's finest is going to be drawn by travis moore Mm. which is good um it's just a two-part story and then we get on to the return of boy thunder with dan mora back on art oh and this cover has me excited um just gonna send it to you guys send it Okay. Oof, that's pretty. It looks like our heroes are going to be falling through time to the future, meeting the older versions. But we have old King Arthur, old Jay Garrick, or is it Wally West just with a helmet? No, I think it's Jay Garrick because this is Kingdom Come. I think that was Wally uh, and West. And that's Alan Scott as well. But I think the Flash was Wally West, but with Jay Garrick's design. Do you think there's somebody that's a shadow off the right of Jay Garrick? I can't tell if that's just the outline of the bat on Batman's chest. Because it's like a big oh, heavy yeah, metal that bat that wraps yeah. around. Okay. It's just layered weird. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I remember very specifically in the Kingdom Come comic that that, that was Jay Garrick. Kingdom Come Flash. Well, this Wally West of like... Earth-22. It does really? look kind of like Alan Scott, though. Um, I think the Green Lantern was Alan Scott. That's what I meant to say. Yeah. 
Green yeah. You yeah, Alan about. Scott is the Green Lantern, but it's Wally West as Flash, because obviously it was written by Mark Wade. Yeah. Mm, yeah, no, that makes sense. Okay. But I think Alex Ross really wanted to draw Jay Garrick. So they kind of compromised and made it a weird hybrid of both. Yeah. Fair enough. Maybe Jay bequeathed his helmet to Wally before passing. Eh, perhaps. He stole it when he killed him. I'm, so- I'm sorry, Cisco. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was really good. <laughs> so- My camera is not shitty enough to make it look like that. <laughs> <laughs> um... I I feel bad because I feel like I want to say more about this series, but realistically, it's I just don't know what else to say. It's not the deepest thing that we can talk It's really not. It's just fun. Silly comic right. fun. Yeah. You've convinced me then. Well, okay. Like, you okay, son of like a bitch, I'm in. <laughs> Nightwing, for example, is a very good series that does a really good job of digging into like that hopeful nature of the character. And I would say that there's certain pieces of that that is in comparison. But that's you know, like, very plot-driven as well. It yes. does this fun stuff while tying into the plot, whereas this yes. kind of forgets about the plot and just has fun. Yeah. I guess I'm kind of wondering if I'm looking at this through rose-tinted glasses uh, in that regard. Like, am I we, looking at this are, because I'm like, like, oh my god. It's still good. Yeah, it is. The book is written and drawn with rose-tinted glasses. Yeah. Uh, 8.25, 8.5, somewhere for me. Yeah, I'm probably the same. Yeah, not the thing that makes me go, this is the reason why comics exist, but this is no. like... I think the next few issues will be a bit higher. Yeah. And then this I think more the... more like a setup to the actual story. Well, because that Boy Thunder story that we got before was genuinely yeah. good. Like, I think I'm going to enjoy seeing their first interaction, how Wade writes that, and I think I'm going to have a lot of fun with that. And then I feel like the Boy Thunder and them visiting the Kingdom Come stuff will be great. I don't know. We'll see. I think it's taking a bit of a risk because whenever a creator does want to hop back into a thing that was a massive success, sometimes you should just leave things alone. Yep. But so far, Mark Wade has been doing a really good job of not messing with things so much that it ruins it. And I'm hoping that that's going to yeah, this still be the case. This book is just him writing a modern day Silver Age. Yes. Yeah. Cool. So, uh, do we do shout outs or pick of the week first? I didn't read anything else this week. I'm currently reading you, you The Long read, Walk uh, by Stephen King. You didn't read uh, Generation Joker? No. <laughs> I, I, there, were, there was just like one little bit at the end of Generation Joker that I wanted to call out. Uh, at the end, they break into Arkham, because that's where all the high-tech science stuff is now. And they go down, down into the basement, and they go to the, uh, the lab that they need to go to. It's called the Neurological... Operations, Restoration, and Acclimation Lab. And I was reading that, and I was like, wow, that's a really, like, weird acronym. N-O-R-A. Nora. Oh, yeah, no, I know what's going on here. Like, I was just, like, a page ahead of 
what was going on with the plot. You know where I'm going with this. I do. Yeah. Nora. With, uh, Mr. Freeze appears at the end yes. of the episode. There you go. It actually, right before Mr. Freeze appears, it finally pops up on the next page. Nora Lab. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Did, has the writing got any better, Josh, since issue one? No, not really. Like, it's not <laughs> abysmal, but it's not great. Thank you. I will catch I up there, when it's done, there, but there I have no motivation some, to read it month to month. There might be some interesting stuff going on uh, between Harley and uh, Neo Joker, kind of burying the hatchet. In it's other. nothing to do with the plot not being interesting, it's just the writing was terrible. The art is not great either. I think they did spend a bit of time on this single page. Just it's all Mister Freeze bathed in like orange light, so it's a good picture, but it's still like very mid to not great. Mm. Uh, yeah, well, this I read... the art's Merc Randolpho, isn't it? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, this really isn't good for Merc Randolfo. No, it's it's very like rushed. No, it's uh Clay no. McCourt no, that's the creators. I don't know who's on this book. Merc Randolfo, Josh. Are you Trust sure? Yes. You sure? It's not as horny as I Clay thought. Clay McCormack is on the script again with Katana Collins. Yes. Sean Murphy is just Farming this out to his friends. His wife and his best friend. Best friend. I think something's going on behind his back, because clearly they aren't spending all this time together writing. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I read Blade number one okay. uh, by Brian Hill. Uh, and let's see here, who was the art on this one? It was... Cass... Casa Grande, uh, surprisingly good art. Uh, it, <laughs> it was uh, it was very passable. Um, it was a surprisingly good plot, considering I really went into it not really expecting it to be very good. Brian Hill has written some good stuff before. Um, I can't say it was the best thing I've ever read, but for a new Blade comic, go I read actually, the uh, Mark Russell stuff because I'm curious how that was. Like with Blade? Yes. Okay. I spoke about this last week when you said you were going to read Blade. Okay, I don't know if you're aware of this, but Blade and Count Chocula are not the same person. So you should probably know that in advance. No, no, but Blade kills Count Chocula because he's a vampire. Uh, what a twist. Okay, I need to read that like right now. <laughs> Email Mark <laughs> Russell and be like, please write this. Please do this right now. Yeah. Um, no, it was it was pleasant. I feel like I would compare it to uh, the better parts of Jason Aaron's Punisher stuff. Um, it was a bit ham-fisted at parts, but ultimately I am curious Sorry, to comparing see what... it to Jason Aaron's Punisher is probably not the biggest compliment you could pay it. See, so here's the thing. You actually haven't really been reading that as much. I gave it's up on issue three. Bad. 
I kept meaning really to catch bad. up. Yeah, it was yeah. fine. It didn't. They got a anything. lot of shit online from the right wingers. Why did he stop wearing our symbol? <laughs> yeah, and also oh for some God. reason they said that they tried to f pigeon, uh, pigeon not pigeonhole, but force in feminism and wokeness. I'm not joking. This is what they're saying online about Punisher. They're like, Punisher is now a woke warrior, and it just is really strange. Oh my god. Tyler, did you get the uh, Frank Miller cover? Oh god. <laughs> I got five of them, baby. <laughs> How is the uh, Jordi Belair coloring on this? It's superb. Of course it is. It's okay. it's one of the best things the in the cover, world. Are you kidding me? I don't know. Did she not do the cover? The main cover? For the coloring? Yeah, no, the yeah, the coloring on the main cover. I have no the idea. main cover doesn't look that great. Uh all I can speak to is the interiors. Yeah. Uh yeah, Jordi Belair was uh the colorist on the uh, cover as well. Okay. Yeah, not her best coloring work, but still the interiors are really good for her coloring. Yeah. Um I have been reading The Long Walk by Stephen King, and it is a very brutal and depressing book. Which one is that? Is that about kids? Right up your alley. Yeah, it's, they've literally got to keep walking, and if they slow down, they get shot. Jesus. Logan's Run. Logan's he walk. wrote it under the Richard Bachman pen name. He wasn't confident about it? He There was a bias against writers who published too much work. Mm -hmm. Back oh, in the day, in the seventies. Wow. Yeah, so he started writing stuff under a pen name, partly to sort of reduce the oversaturation of his work, and also to see if it was blind luck or actual talent that got him where he was. Right. Hundred. Okay. One of the. Hmm, in two thousand, it was uh, listed as one of the one hundred best books for teenage readers. Jesus. It's, I would say older teenagers. It's one of the most depressing books I've ever read. This was the first novel he wrote. As Bachman? No. no he uh, wrote it well, back when he was a teenager and then during, no, rewrote it for... No, when he was like 18. His first... Dirt, yeah. The Long Walk was the first novel he wrote, having begun it in 67, 66, during his freshman year at the University of New York. Huh. Okay. I feel like he did another draft after he'd written several acclaimed yeah, books. Yeah, this is not the first, like, it says it's not the first thing that he's published, it's just this was the first work he had started that finally got published. I feel like he also wrote the first Dark Tower book super young. I think he started it, but uh, that's one of those books that he's so heavily edited, and it shows because it's so well written. The first uh, book At sucks. what point does the gunslinger become the, the walkie-talkie slinger? Uh, that depends on how much George Lucas decides to fuck Stephen King in the ass. Yeah, okay. I figured. Yeah. Uh, next week's books? We or do... no, I'm sorry. Picks of the week. <laughs> I don't think I'm this was a place. standout week. It really wasn't. <laughs> yeah, out of all of those, I'm not sure if it's Vigil 2 or Night Terror's Superman. I'm going to go with World's Finest. Well, I didn't read that. So... No, I'm sorry, Josh. Sorry, I gotta move closer. For the record, I did not read that. I'm gonna move closer to the mic, but speak quieter. 
the You're closer right. I get. It's clearer. It's crisper if I'm close to the mic. It's definitely not for some reason. <laughs> I think it's just you. Yeah. Don't worry. Um, I hate my I, voice too. That's not your voice. It's just it's the weird way that you have your like microphone set up. It's not your fault necessarily. It's more your computer. It's not your voice. Uh, it's sorry, just the weird sorry, way you on. speak. <laughs> yes. Just, sorry. Hold on. Hold on. Just put it like this. I don't think we're allowed to play this Listeners at home. Uh, he is currently wrapping the microphone <laughs> around his throat and uh, doing like a noose style thing. Yeah. I was in the scouts. But now the- I know how to tie knots. Good for you, buddy. Uh, just because I rated it higher than anything else, I'm going to have to go with World's Finest. Uh, just not that great of a week. Uh, but if I had to pick one for art, I would probably go with Night Terror Superman just because Tom Riley did such a good job on that. Anyway, next week's books. We have the first issue of Superman, The Last Days of Lex Luthor by Mark Wade and Brian Hitch. I almost forgot about that. Interesting. Brian Hitch. This is going to be some artwork. Yes. Some artwork. Of all the we artwork, have. it was one of them. He can do good work, but let's see if he does or not. What is happening right now? He's giving some. He's being nice about Brian Hitch. What's happening? Yeah. No, no. I've always said before he can do some good work. He just. No, no. He's one of those. Don't lie. He's one of those artists that he just chooses not. As to. soon as he, he's one of those artists that's just very easily rushed. If you give him time to do the work properly, it will look good. But he's been doing Venom, know. this and that. Red coat, Jeff when Jones he gets book. to do his so when he gets suck. to do his style of like 3D computer generated like artwork, it's it's something. His during the Dark Knight's Metal event, he did a Hawkman one shot, and his artwork in that was very good. It was very okay. clean, not too heavy in the blacks like his work normally is. That wasn't a racial comment. He does like heavy black blocks of inking okay. instead no, of No, I'm aware. Yeah. Um, we have the first issue of Berserker, Poetry of Madness by Keanu yeah. Reeves. Who knew this and series Steve was not Scrochy. over? Steve Scrochy. Scrochy, yeah. Probably Scrochy. Yeah. I've heard good things about Scrochy before. He's also drawing I, it. Yeah, yeah I, I like Scrochy. Will he be better than Matt Kint? Possibly. Maybe. I like post-Americana. Was that him? Yeah. I'm getting him confused with someone else. Yeah. Uh, he also James, did the... James Stokoe is who I was confusing him with. Oh, uh, yeah. He also did the uh, Brian K. Vaughn We Stand on Guard. He does a lot of... He's, he's like Sean Murphy. He does a lot of like neck sort of stuff. It's a bit scratchy, though. We have the final issue of The Seasons Have Teeth by yes. Dan Waters and Sebastian Cabral. I think I know what the uh, pick of the week is going to be. Could be Last Days of Lex Luthor. It could be Firepower, number 25. Perhaps. Perhaps. Um, we have New Burn, number 9, which is a new story It's arc. back. Yes. Yeah. And there's also a... There's also a... Writer credited for a backup story, so yeah. Prepare for 16 pages of thrilling action. Yes, but the backup story is drawn by Nick Dragotta. Right. Hmm. Firepower number 25. It's back, baby. 
Double-sized. Have they got any more issues solicited? Oh, wow, they've solicited up to 28. Yeah, well, I mean, they're back on their arc whatever stuff, so three months They only took a break of almost a year. Yeah, from October was the last, yeah, October 26th to July 26th. Only nine months, as much as it takes to make a baby. We've had six issues since December 2021. When you put it like that, they they are taking some big breaks. What is we've what had, Sam Nate can do better than this? We've had seven issues since I was twenty three, huh. and I'm now twenty five. Tyler was in his twenties when the last issue when oh, that issue flies. came out. The oh number is not going to climb too much higher because we turn twenty six. Yeah. Is there a Taylor Swift song twenty six? Is it just twenty two? Oh my god! No. Uh... I turned twenty two just before the first oh my COVID god. wave hit. Yeah. And now look at you. Yeah. We have Venom number 23, written by Turin Gronbeck. Who, uh, yeah. Is this the first one that's not written by... Uh, well, Ramvi and Al Ewing have kind of been alternating. Yeah. And now Ramvi's last issue came out last week, and Turin Gronbeck is carrying on. His okay. stuff, while Al Ewing still, first, Al Ewing still co This is the first one not yes. written by either. Yes. Okay. Torin Grombeck has worked on some of the Valkyrie Jane Foster books. Uh huh. She did Valkyrie Jane Foster series. She did the Thor arc after Donny Cates left, that was dealing with mm-hmm. Thanos' Thanos's origin. She did the King in Black Valkyrie tie-ins. She did Jane Foster and the Mighty Four and the Mighty Valkyries. So she's done a lot of experience with the Valkyrie books and some other bits here and there. We'll see if she can write Venom well. We'll see. We have the Bone Orchard Tenement. The Bone Orchard Mythos Tenement number two. I don't know if any of us are up to date on this stuff. What was the no. one with the, the two girls? That finished. Right. The 10,000 Magic Feathers. 10,000 Black Feathers. Was that any good? I read issue one. Uh, same. Okay. I need to catch up on all of it at some point. Um, we have World Tree number four. Do we? Yes. We do. That seems a bit... I guess it has been a month. Um, yes, it will have been... 28 days between issues. Yeah. I think I just didn't read it for like a week or something. I feel like I took me a Maybe. while to get around to it. Was that when you were traveling for work? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm subscribed to it. It's just not appearing on my list of things coming out this week, which is weird. It says I've ordered it. We have The Incredible Hulk number two. Yay. Yay. We have The Brave and the Bold number three. Okay. Yeah. Yay. Uh, we have <laughs> Night Terrors number two. We have Night Terrors Harley Quinn number one by Teeny Howard. We have Night Terrors Detective Comics number one by Dan Waters, who does The Seasons Have Teeth. Okay, maybe I'll have to read that then. Um, it looks like it's a Jim Gordon story. 
I guess Batman can't have two nightmares at the same time, can he? Nope. Uh, we have Night Terror's Titans, number one, by Andrew Constant. Teen. Just Titans, no teen. <laughs> These are That's all adults, Josh. Oh. We have Night Terror's Action Comics, number one, by Philip Kennedy Johnson and Leia Williams. Leia Williams is writing a Power Girl story in here, and Philip Kennedy Johnson is writing a Cyborg Superman story. And we have Night Terror's Angel Breaker by Tim Seeley. What? Yeah, I don't know. Night Terror's Angel Breaker by Tim Seeley. Okay, that's where the Nightstone is. The Nightmare Stone is. Based on the cover, yes. Because this character has a bright red glowing stone right here. Yeah. Why else would you make something like this? (laughs) Deep in an abandoned Cobra safe house is a device able to access the dream powers of John D, aka Dr. Destiny. It's inside of Dr. Destiny. We know that Um, Angel Breaker is a character who has shown up. Angel Breaker is a character who has shown up in the Shadow War event at some point, apparently. Mm-hmm. Apparently she was in every issue of that. I don't care. But is I have no she? idea who she is. Yes, I think. They. Uh, I don't care. Angel okay. Breaker is a member of the Demon's Shadow. This is written by Tim Seeley. The character was created by Josh Williamson, though, so there's a high likelihood this character has the stone. We're doing just great radio with all of our enthusiasm for the things that are coming out. Like, we just have, like, top-notch, pivotal, like, oh my god. Woo! Woo! We're so excited. Thank you. We started so off positive. To the listeners who are listening us for, like, We started off positive, and then we just kind of got so less sorry. and less positive yeah. throughout. I mean, I'm pumped about The Incredible Hulk, because, I mean, that first issue was fucking awesome. I'm pumped for Mark Wade Superman. I'm pumped for yeah, Batman god, Beyond. I know you Neat are, Josh. Gothic. Yes, I was like, do I? Doesn't matter that if it's good list? or bad. You'll read it. We will yeah, I was like, deal, do I include we that in my delve list? into the depths of Gotham no. and its secret underbelly. To Is it the out... same writers before? Yeah, Colin yeah. Kelly and Jackson Lansing. Oh, yeah, I was like, do God. I include this in the list? I read it out, and then I was like, yeah, Josh is going to want to read this. I'll, I'll throw yeah, him a bone. Oh, yes. Give, throw them out a bone. All right, is that it? Yep. Yes. All right. Well, and on that. Oh, and note... you've also got Amazing Spider-Man number thirty. By Zeb Wells. Oh, yeah, I guess I do, huh? Oh, well. There's also Ultimate Invasion number two by Al, uh, not Al Ewing, Jonathan Hickman. Yeah. Have you been reading the new Avengers series by Jed McKay? Uh, No, I haven't, but it's... You don't uh, need to keep talking, you said no. (laughs) I was just going to say that the art looks incredible, if you had the the chance to actually look at that. The art is very fucking good. Um, Oh, we've got a new What If... What if oh, the Spider, Spider Gwen. Gwen? Oh, I don't care. Yeah, it's what if dark. What yeah. if? What if Loki Spider Man? Everything or Loki died or something. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Hey, do you remember that time Gwen Stacy died? Let's revisit that for the two hundredth time. Wait, reverse it. Peter Parker yeah. dies. <laughs> exactly. What if exactly. Gwen Stacy didn't die that first time? Spider Man. Instead could have of Spider Man. God damn! Happy I want to rewatch Spider Verse. Yeah, me too. I just want the sequel to come out now. It's going to be so long. I know, I fucking hate it. Anyways. It's not supposed to come out on streaming until, like, September. (sighs) Do I start reading A Once Crowded Sky? I probably will. I don't even know what that is. It's a Tom King book. It's on my bookshelf just there. 
It's uh, literally right there. I'm looking at it right now. It's a novel. It's novel? I'm going to get to it. Yeah, I think I will. Anyways, well, that's it. The, you heard the books we read this week, even though it was very, very light. Uh, you heard our ratings, picks of the week, things coming in next week, and, of course, Josh simping for literally anything Batman Beyond related. And you can always come on in here and check us out for anything Batman Beyond related for simping or simping Batman Beyond related. And that is us, the Cult of Comics Podcast. You can find us on all the podcast locations thanks to Spotify with Anchor.fm or Anchor.fm with Spotify. I don't really know which one it is anymore. It doesn't really matter. They stop paying us. And you can go to patreon.com slash cult of comics in order to make your monthly contributions for the dollar a month or higher level. You can be one of our blood boys where you can give us money. And if you give us money, then we will promise you rewards, riches, uh, maybe a nice gentle kiss on the forehead and a nice little tuck in at the end of the night, warm glass of milk. Probably not a cookie because you don't need the sugar before bed. And, of course, you can always check us out on social media for Join the Cult of Comics on Instagram. Send us an email to thecultofcomics at gmail.com for your questions, comments, concerns, listener recommendations, whatever it is that you want to send us. Even if it is just a picture of Goatsy, uh, just to see the reaction of me or Josh or Sean live on air. Josh will probably have a reaction because he's a wholesome family man. Sean, not so much because he pretty much just looks at my face and sees Goatsy anyways. So, <laughs> yeah, anyways. every time you open your mouth. Exactly. Just, and on that just note, end this because I want to go watch Futurama. And I'm going to go to the bathroom. Thank you for listening. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for sticking around. I love you. All hail. Good night. Bye. Bye.